This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, Glistening Particles, welcome back to the show. So this episode has so many new things going on at once, I don't even know if I know what I'm doing. First of all, let me tell you where I'm editing this show. I'm in Walhalla, South Carolina at the Bolt Farm. Now the Bolt Farm, for those of you who don't know, is the family of Seth Bolt, who is one of the members of the band Need to Breathe. So this episode is all about music. I'm talking to musicians and I'm at a place where musicians I'm actually in the studio, the room where they recorded their first album. I can't even believe it, like all the mojo happening in this room right now. And if you're into Airbnbs and if you're into really romantic Airbnbs, which I am not in right now, I'm in the studio, which is the cool one. But they also have a a tree house, which is a super romantic one. You can find it on Airbnb under the Bolt Farm. Anyway. It's a pretty cool place to be, especially when I'm from Wisconsin, and it's super cold up there. It's just beautifully warm around here, like springtime, birds singing, windows open, all that cool stuff. And in this episode, I talk with two also very cool guys, Sammy and Don, who are brothers from the UK. They are rappers, and the coolest thing is I couldn't believe how quickly, I mean, we basically just got on the call and started recording back when we did the recording. Never met them, never talked to them, and I honestly feel like they could be part of my inner circle of good friends. They're just amazing guys, and we had such a great conversation. In fact, I think I had about an extra 45 minutes of content I had to edit down because we had the longest conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Here are Sammy and Don of The Family. Hi, Don and Sammy. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? I'm so excited to have you here. So for everybody listening, we have a bunch of new things happening all at one time. So it's going to be like an explosion of craziness. So first of all, I'm using a brand new mic. So it's recording on two different computers, just in case. And then um, we're on video, which is scary fun. It's uh, super distracting for me. So if you notice me like just like fading off and not talking when I'm supposed to, that's what's happening. I'm watching them and staring (laughs) at them. (laughs) And um, this is the first time I had two people on the show at the same time. So... This is going to be super fun. <laughs> um, Should be good fun, yeah. I know. It's going to be crazy. We'll see what all can go right and wrong in the first of first. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll be fine, right? It'll be fine. Everything yeah, looks good. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> so um, we're across the globe from each other. So just to tell people kind of how we found each other, well, how I stalked you, let's just be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I found that even though I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram for my show, I do find that it's a really great place to go look for inspired people because people share their stuff there and it's pretty inspiring. So I found your music there and started watching your commentary and then went to your website and listened to your songs and your story. And it was so, ah, such a good story. So then I asked if you would be on my show and oh my gosh, you said yes. So (laughs) yeah, cool. So here we are. So that's how we found each other. So anyone else who's got Instagram out there, especially if you have music or art or something inspiring, just beware, I might be stalking you in the future. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> All right. So let's get started. Um, what I'd love to know is you guys didn't start out. Well, actually, first tell people what you do, what you do now, what your thing is that was so inspiring. Let's start there. Cool. So we're um, rappers. So basically, I kind of started singing in church um, and then... So that's where my love for music came from. Mm. And then I wasn't really the greatest singer and I wasn't really sure whether I could sing or not. Um, I just spent a lot of time kind of hiding behind everyone else, <laughs> um, as you do. So then I realized kind of singing is good, like I can hold a note, but I was like, well, it's not really something 
for you, but I enjoyed the performing element. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed, you know, kind of being in front of others. I enjoyed, you know, rehearsals and all the rest of it. So I was like, well, there must be something. And then when I was, I don't know, I must have been about 12. Mm-hmm. Sam was like, oh, you should rap. Wait, which one of you is older of the two of you? I am. Okay, so how I'm, far apart yeah. are you in age? About three years. Okay, so you're 15 and you tell your 12-year-old brother, you should rap. That's what we're getting. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how to rap. At this time, yeah, it's really weird because we have no... The internet was kind of just developing. We were still really young. We had, like, dial-up. So, like, oh. um, <laughs> nobody could use the phone while you was online. So we couldn't really go online and, like, stream beats, like, the way that you can do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So what we found ourselves doing, this is really weird, actually. We went into Windows, and if you go into a Word, there's, like, a sound player. And it just had this, like, I don't know, it must have been about 15 seconds, like, this little loop. It was really weird because you couldn't choose stuff that you actually liked. You just had to basically use that little Windows beat. Uh-huh. So what we did is we we would loop it. And then Sam would go, oh, I try right into this. And he'd be like, I've got this. And then I would like, you know, think about where's that rhymed. And I was trying to put them <laughs> together. Well, you know, with about three, four years, well, about two years, sorry. Um, after that, I actually was like battling in my playground. Like we, I became like a battle rapper. Um, really? It was, really <laughs> it was a really cool thing to do at my age. Like someone would be, I don't know, we used to call it spitting. So someone would be spitting or rapping in the playground everyone in london was an mc um and so every in the playground you'd buy your lunch and then you would see a horde of people like just in a circle <laughs> almost quite similar to eight mile it was so weird right um, right that's exactly what i was thinking of so m and l right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so everybody would get in a circle kind of like this huddle and like you would have two people that would battle each other what happened is i started to pick up a name for myself and someone what happened was someone's like ah oh, don you should go next and I was like, uh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was a weird experience. That, in fact, that round I actually got slaughtered. It was, it was bad because <laughs> um, at, at the time I could only, um, I can't freestyle off, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So I have to write it down and then memorize it. And then what happened was I wrote it down on my phone, and then I must have flopped. I definitely flopped. And some guy was like, "Well, ah, you must have forgot to press down on his phone or something." <laughs> so like it was. Um, so that just kind of pushed me to want to get better and better. And then I went off to uni. Um, Sam was an amazing writer at the time. He used to write um, for other singers and he used to um, write for... I don't think he ever wrote for any rappers, am I right? Yeah, no, no rappers. He wrote for no rappers, but he used to write like amazing hooks and like um, verses mm-hmm. for singers. Um, and he used to work with this, this other guy, this producer that we knew who we met through his kind of school. And I remember hearing their stuff and like thinking wow, this is, like, way ahead of of the time that we're in. Like, this mm-hmm. this sounds great. This could be on... I think at the time it was, like, the box. So we were like, oh, this could be on the box. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I think it was two years after that, he was like, well, you know, I really need to get on with life. I'm heading on a bit. I need to get a job. I, you mm-hmm. know, I can't just sit around waiting for music. So then uh, it was a bit of a bummer. We was like, oh, yeah, this is terrible, man. <laughs> no more was like, fun. Well, no more yeah, hanging we're what are, we gonna, what are we gonna do? Well, you're not gonna do music. And I was never really inspired to do music in that way in terms of performing and like, in the terms of a group or anything like that. So anyway, basically what happened is he gave it up for a while, did the usual thing, went to work, got a job, mm-hmm. progressed through life. And I was, I remember um, I was looking, I was tidying my room actually, I found these bunch of old CDs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this? So I pull it, I pull it in the player. And all these old stuff started coming out. I was like, oh, my days, this is still amazing to this day. So I put a Facebook message up, and I'm like, well, if Sam doesn't start using this stuff, I'm going to take all of it, act like I wrote it, and become this <laughs> multi-millionaire, and I'm just going to stand and laugh in your face and be like, well, listen, mate, you had your time. You never took it. I've taken your stuff. Ha-ha. Because, I mean, that, I'm not going to thought about anything like copyright or anything. So I, right. I definitely knew his stuff wasn't copyrighted. It was just a bunch of stuff that he wrote. Well, it, it, was in your, it was in your room, so you can have it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Don't yeah. encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have like 400 questions, but I'll just ask like three if that's okay. So um, <laughs> yeah. first of all, these loops that you did and in Windows that you did, these loops, 
Do you have any yeah. of those yet? Um, nah, I don't know. What you, I don't know if you can export them. We just used to kind of ah. play them. It's like if you go into Word, mm-hmm. and you know how you have like clip art, right? Right. You also have like sound. Oh, like little sound bits. Sound bits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what we used to rap to. But I mean, that you made that you made the music to. Did you ever record any of that? On a cassette player. Oh, yeah. Like that's how wow. that's how old school we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like. It was um, but most of that stuff no, nobody wants to hear that like, <laughs> no it's just I'm curious like what a great start you know how you look at people who yeah. are who hone this craft over their life and you go back to where they started that you should find some of that that's golden golden stuff so <laughs> um your so what did you study in university both of you that you didn't do music what did you study so I studied criminal justice okay and Don studied um social work Oh, those are good, good careers. Oh, what? Yeah, it's like yeah, not just pretty faces. Like you know, we. Uh, <laughs> I think our mother was always mo- motivating us to do do well. You know, mm-hmm. um, like she for a long time, I didn't even realize like that university was an option. Just mm-hmm. the way that she used to position things was like, oh yeah, and then you'll do college, and then you'll go off to uni. I always thought like, oh, that's just what everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she really had that as a, like a option for us. And then obviously when we were doing well, she was like, well, you, this is what you've got to do. She's, she's very like old school in mm-hmm. a way that like, she, she wants to motivate you to go to uni because she feels like that's the best way to improve your odds in terms of climbing a social ladder. Um, and obviously like we've had this explosion of internet culture and stuff like that she's really not aware of any of that mm-hmm. um how easy it is to like get your stuff over to people in a different country um just by putting your stuff online um, it's magic I think that's been the res- yeah, exactly yeah i mean look at this situation now like mm-hmm. you know what i mean and uh we've been connected with so many different people um which is which is amazing what i like though is the, the what you went to uni for is actually for the it's for the greater good you're doing you went for careers that really help you understand humanity in a way mm-hmm. from a lot of different angles and so i think that that probably comes through in your songs too yeah yeah definitely i mean for me it's it's a bit weird because i work in a hospital setting i'm a hospital social worker okay. and i'm an adult social worker so it's a it's a little bit different but what you find is um the thing that i really love about it is you realize that elderly people and adults on it's just kind of a class. It's just kind of a name to be an adult. You still get really childish elderly people and you still get really childish adults and nothing ever changes. I mean, the same things that motivate and stimulate a person in general Mm -hmm. are the same things that stay true to them. Then, um, you know, uh, some of them's in, in a bit of a more morbid way, even on their deathbed, like you still see the things like they love the interaction. They love that people, you know, talk to mm-hmm. them. They love um, telling you about stories where they got up to no good. <laughs> um, and, you know, some of them you can tell that were rebels at heart. I remember I saw an 82 year old. She still had all her piercings and <laughs> she had the piercing, uh, piercings all down the left side of her ear and she had tattoos going up her arm. And you could tell that she, you know, she was really a rebel heart even by just speaking to her kind of thing. It was a really interesting song. I love that you recognize that. I think a lot of times younger generations don't see the beauty of that in an elderly person. So I love that you recognize that. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, that's part of the stuff that kind of makes me want to do music. I mean, it gives you such a wide scope to travel to different places and see different people Mm -hmm. live in different conditions. I mean, yeah, you know, you get the whole wealth aspect as well. But I think what that's enabling to do is it enables you to have an experience with a lot of people mm-hmm. that all those people would never have had before, if that makes sense. Um, oh, it totally I makes think, sense. That's why I'm doing the yeah. podcast because I want to connect with people around the world in all different walks of life and show that like everybody's the same. Yeah. We're just like people with stories. And, right. Right. You know, yeah. And then once you, once you start talking to people with a mind to listen, mm-hmm. you realize like, rah, there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Like, the same kind of stories are told over and over again, but in different ways and in different experiences. And we're all trying to go through this thing where um, we f- we find what we really, really love and and do it. Like, I feel like there's this really big movement that's happening right now. I'm speaking to more and more people and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I'm focused on doing this idea 
um, because I love it. And this is what I want to make my career instead of like traditional ways where it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this job and then I'm going to retire in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to be cool for me. People are like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to live life on my terms, doing what I love for as long as possible. And, you know, and seeing how it goes. And I think that's a great thing. That's inspiring. And that's what I think people, we were trained differently. You know, we were trained differently to do it, like you said, do the hard work. And then at the end, save up your money and go have fun and do what yeah. you love. And we have to do what we love every day. And it makes, exactly, it makes yeah. a difference. I think that's a song, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. came in my head. It'll come back later. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah, I do think there's something to that. I, I do feel like, you feel like you're becoming the person that you want to be. That leads to confidence. That leads to being what I call being an expansive being. Like mm. once you're able to like be in a place where you're happy, like you're truly happy, then other people's success is not a threat to you. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, you want to see people shine just as much as you're shining because you're happy, like you're truly happy for them because you're happy doing what you're doing. And I feel like sometimes when you're not as happy, that's when you look at other people like, oh, look at Jimmy. Jimmy's driving this car. How did he get that car? Probably a drug dealer. I hate Jimmy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. Um, whereas like when you're really happy and stuff like that, you, you're like, oh, have you seen Jimmy? Jimmy's driving a really nice car. It's, it's just a totally different perspective on life. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that part of that is doing the things that make you happy. The more the more you can do in your life that makes you happy, um, the more expansive you're going to be, the more welcoming of other people you're going to be also. And the more whole. I think it makes you more whole mm -hmm. as a person. And there's this like belief that there's not enough room for everybody to have that right. feeling. But there is. Everybody can have it. Yes. Every, it's basically doing what you're really here to do. Once you do that and you, it fills you up. There's room for yeah. everybody to do that thing because we all exactly. came in for something, you know? Yeah. I think it's really interesting because I remember um, I had a conversation with someone and I was like, oh, I want to be rich. And they were like, well, money isn't everything. And I was like, but wait, you haven't ever listened to my reason for wanting <laughs> to be rich and you're already, you know, and I was saying to Sam, um, I only really wanted to do music after uni. I recognized, because um, I lived in I lived in halls, and I've got many stories about halls, but we won't go into them. <laughs> and then I moved out <laughs> of, of halls with um, with my like out of the dorms with my friends, and we got you know we got a house together. We're still good friends to this day. Um, and there was such a freedom. We just kind of all basically did what we wanted. We had mm -hmm. to go to our lectures and stuff, but I mean, we spent like countless hours playing FIFA and like just like drinking and chilling and like speaking about like how we kind of all were connected through this this thing of university but how we never actually would have known each other because we're so different from each other mm -hmm. um in any walk of life I wouldn't have chose them to be my friends after secondary school and I wouldn't have chosen them to be my friends after college but just having to live with them in uni Mm -hmm. made it something different and as as Sam will tell you you know they're like some of my closest closest friends now um and then I remember we had a, a conversation and I was like well could you imagine we could stay here as long as we wanted and we bought this house and the house next door we converted the attic <laughs> to whatever we wanted to and we could come back here any time and we had enough money that we could just basically do this every day this uni life we could continue every day and then one of my friends was like, well, you'd have to be flipping rich to do that. <laughs> and then it just kind of stuck in my head. It was like, well, why don't you get rich and do that? Right, <laughs> I was like, you know, right. we, we put loads of limitations and stuff. Why, why don't we get rich and do that? We want to spend more time together. We want to hang out. We think that we have amazing time as friends. You know, why, why don't we do that? I, I understand that, you know, in today's kind of life, there's pressures. You've got to pay bills and all the rest of it. But. What I find inspiring is normally when someone has a passion for something, mm -hmm. um, it shines through and you can become famous and richer for anything, really. Um, mm -hmm. I remember the first time I heard of this guy who um, his business is basically for people who don't want to stand in line. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's actually from the States. Um, probably, he's got probably. People don't like to stand in line here. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he does. You know, if something, if like the Yeezys come out, you want them, you pay his company, they stand in line for you. They get you the trainers and they give them back to you. You give a percentage to them hmm. and you pay for the trainers, obviously. 
And, you know, that's what that's what he does. I mean, maybe he found that, you know, one day he didn't want to wait in line. And that's an amazing idea that, and as Sam was saying, you know, the internet is so vast now and we've got so much technology and people can just be almost free thinkers. I could say, you know, actually, I find it really hard to iron socks, but I like the warm, fuzzy feeling of when you iron socks. <laughs> and then someone could have a, you know, a service, a domestic service where they clean your house and iron your socks and give them straight, like, to you straight away. That could be their unique selling point. Why not? Do you I mean, actually they, iron so- your socks, though? Nah, nah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah, actually, there's when I do iron stuff, right. I do like the feeling of it being warm and fuzzy, especially in the winter. Right, I get um, that. <laughs> but I don't have my socks now. <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was a I cultural get... thing. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever ironed a sock in my entire life. But nah, I iron. Yeah, no, I have to go. <laughs> you guys just said that, man. I might say that thing, like, don iron socks, like, this is the new thing. That... <laughs> Somebody start yeah, their business t- right now. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and touching on what Don was saying before, like I feel there's like it's really interesting because like a lot of people are advertising services mm-hmm. and advertising goods and whatever, but it's like we've got this dirty feeling like whenever somebody says I want to be rich, I want to have money. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like, uh, why why do you want to? Why don't you want to give it to charity? And why mm-hmm. don't you want to? And and they kind of fragment it and it's like it's not like that if you have money of course you're going to give to charity of course you're going to have causes that mean a lot to you that you're going to give it but i found that like having large sums of money is really just about options it's freedom it's Um, freedom essentially exactly Mm -hmm. you know so imagine like for example so i I don't know too much about how it works um in the u.s Mm -hmm. but here we've got like the nhs and sometimes if you're waiting for an operation, you have to wait a very long time because mm-hmm. of the waiting lists. Um, and so having money is the difference between having a family member or a friend who has to wait six months or mm-hmm. a year for a hip replacement mm-hmm. and going to another country and having it done privately. That's that's really what it is. Right. And I think me and Don are so like... We're chill guys. Like, obviously, we want to live comfortably and we want to live on our own terms. But as well, we want to be able to assist people, like, with options as well. Right. And I feel like that's kind of overlooked as soon as you say, right, I want to be a wealthy person or I want to be somebody who um, has lots of money. I totally get that. A friend of mine and I are working on this. This idea where we could be available to talk with people who need someone to uplift them, essentially, mm. you know, but we're not we're not licensed psychologists or counselors or priests or anything like that. We're just basically yeah. people who have life experience and a pretty positive outlook. And so just through conversation, we can hopefully open up a couple glimmers of light for them that they'll see they'll lift up. Right. They'll be uplifted. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. And I feel like, OK, you do need psychologists. Um, but oh, absolutely. I yeah. Most most people just need a conversation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So some people just need to say right. this, 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 and the other, and then they're fine. Like I had a, I kind of struggled with it for a long time because mm-hmm. I realized some of my friends were like were unloading stuff for me, and they were like, "Oh, and this happened, this happened," and I was trying to problem solve. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, what you need to do is you need to send a letter to the manager." If the manager's not listening to you, send one to the higher one and get it done. And I slowly realized that they didn't want any solution. They didn't. Yeah, exactly. They didn't want any solutions. They just wanted to talk and they wanted to be heard. They They want to be heard. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. As humans, that's what we need. We just want to be heard. We want. Yeah. That's probably half of why I do this podcast. Let's be honest. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But there's something about bringing those stories out. You know, I love I love. The, the the podcasting world i i listen mm-hmm. to a lot of different podcasts um and i think there's something about somebody sharing their stories with you especially somebody who's lived a life that is kind of different from yours mm-hmm. who has something to impart i think that's a really really cool thing i said don't you think it's really weird like the one thing that I, this is one thing that i've always found really weird um I love people and I love meeting new people and I love talking to loads of different people. And the thing that I find really weird is that we have millionaires, like multi-millionaires and billionaires. And it's like, there's not a lot of people who have access to that life, but it's been kind of distorted by, I don't know, 
but people's kind of personalities, people's, mm-hmm. you know, when people abuse situations. But the thing that I always found, like, I don't know, it kind of stimulates me. Can you imagine, like, you, let's say you had a, a multi-million pound mansion, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you could bring someone who's never actually even dreamt of that world into that world. You could say to them, you know, this is my mansion. Mm-hmm. You can stay here for a few days if you want. Oh, and by the way, why don't you drive one of my nice cars? I've got a couple of luxury cars and things. Why don't you drive one? And it's like, I know that it's really hard now because I feel like people who are successful, they, you know, they have to risk assess. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to vet certain people. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be in that situation for very long. But I just kind of think like without kind of being all hippie, like you kind of think mm-hmm. of a world of, all, you know, like love and peace. And you think, well, why couldn't that happen? Why couldn't I say to this person on mm-hmm. the street, actually, I've heard you, like, for example, could you imagine how easy it would be to find the next sensation in terms of music if someone was like, well, I'm actively looking. If you've got good music, mm-hmm. come to me. And, you know, think they would have to sit through a lot of music right. and figure out you know, right. who's, who's genuine and who's not. But could you imagine just, like, someone would listen to your stuff or someone would come to you and they go, actually, I've heard this guy. I know I've got multi, I'm a multimillionaire. I'm going to now fly to London mm-hmm. because I want to speak to this person and figure out, you know, what is about this person that makes them so special and how they're able to write and create stuff, you know, in this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really astounding to me. And they just flew over. And then that person would create a link with someone else because they got bought in. So right. they're since grateful. It's a paying it forward um, thing. Paying it forward. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then right. you, you know, you do that for the next person. And then that happens for the next person and the next person and the next right. person. And surely, you know, that's a better way than watching someone struggle to achieve their, their dream. I mean, I've, I've heard of, I mean, some of them are good. Some of them aren't good. Some of them are average. Some of them are better than me, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I've heard rappers who have crazy stories, like really crazy stories about, you know, how they haven't eaten for like, you know, a couple of days, you know, just to put money down to go to the studio and all the rest. And you're like, kind of, what kind of quality of life is that? And one of the things that, uh, I'll let Sam speak in a minute because I do loads of talking. (laughs) Yeah, I want to touch on that point though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hold that, hold that. Um, One of the things that um, kind of generally made me kind of upset um, and wanted me, kind of fueled me to, kind of want to become rich was this um i've got a friend he's actually a lot younger than me i'm 25 Mm -hmm. um and he he had a he had a stroke Mm -hmm. and he actually um was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer um it was it was a really sad story actually um he's such a vibrant young man he's Mm -hmm. you know always very happy and me and the funny thing is me and him were always in competition even though he was younger than me you know if i was i spent a, a little while dancing Mm-hmm. Um, as a kind of street, not a street and hip hop dancer, and um, you know, he then suddenly became a street. <laughs> then you know, I used to play basketball. Then he suddenly was into mm-hmm. basketball, and we just used to compete with each other all the time. Um, and now I see him; he's a totally different person. I mean, he's still got um, he's still got brain cancer. But the amazing thing that happened for him is he opened up a just given site, um, and the reason why they opened it up, I think it was a friend of his mother's who opened up this just given site. Mm-hmm. And I was astounded at the goodwill and compassion of other people. He actually raised 79,000 pounds or something like that to wow. go, yeah, um, to fly. I think he needs to fly to Germany to have, you know, this procedure done mm-hmm. to see, you know, whether they can, they can mm-hmm. catch the cancer. And it was just amazing kind of thing. And I was like, the part that hurt me was like, all right, I only put, I can't remember how much I put in, £20, £30, £40, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, could you imagine that you was the person who could give him £79,000? Mm-hmm. He didn't have to wait for it to be built up. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment they said, oh, he's got uh, stage four um, brain cancer, you went, here is the money. I love you so much. Mm-hmm. Go and see if this works for you. And I was like, I felt kind of partially guilty that I couldn't do that because I've always, you know, I've always thought of myself as I've never really had massive, massive self-esteem issues. I've had some, but I haven't had massive ones. Mm. And I always felt I'm a lot different to people that I meet on an everyday basis. Number one, we're all different. But I just felt, I don't know, I, I I feel like I have some sort of leadership qualities. And I felt guilty that I hadn't explored my leadership qualities enough at that time to be able to give to him. Mm. Um, and I suppose that kind of spiraled me into this thing where I was like, actually, I'm actually really going to go for my dream because my dream can help other people. 
um, financially and emotionally and, you know, through all these other ways. So, you know, is I find that really interesting. That's such a beautiful story. Hopefully everybody gets some sort of, I don't know if it's a disruptor or a motivation, something that hits them that makes them make that turn to follow their dream. It's mm. unfortunate it was a sad, sad story like that about what happened to him. But like, look what that's done. You know, it's catapulted yeah. you into something that's going to be sharing your greatness, which is, which is, he's in a way he's done something good for you, right? So yeah. did you have so something? I'm... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Would just... you like a turn on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Don't can yap for ages. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> um, I'm teasing. You guys, I love you guys. I'm having such a great time. I think I could do this all day. So, okay, awesome. go on. So, um, yeah, just back to Don's point um, where he was talking about how things are like get quite hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the process. I'm one for um, embracing kind of not not pain and, and definitely not suffering, but I feel like there's a refinement process that goes on. Mm-hmm. So like when people say to me like, um, oh, yeah, I really enjoy your writing. They don't understand that like um, I've been doing it since I was 12. Like oh, right. I like when it comes to writing, I'm so deadly serious about my craft. I don't, I usually don't do anything else. This is what I do. Like when I get home from work, when people are like, oh, Sam, are you coming to so-and-so's birthday party? I'm like, um, no, nah, I'm going to go home. And it seems to them like I'm being antisocial, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I have this compulsion to write. And I have, even when I took the time off away from like the music world, I was still writing. It's something that I have to absolutely do at least maybe twice a week. I have to do it. I don't. I don't drink very much. Um, I. I definitely don't go out and party so much. Um, everything to me is about writing. Like sometimes Don will come home and I'll be like, "Yeah, I got another one," and he's like, "So now I have to write four tunes." Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> but it's just you know, it's just this compulsion to do it, and and I feel like I've had to give up some stuff as well. You know, um, I was sitting and talking with Don beforehand, saying. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't get how people who make our sort of wage have trouble saving because my savings are very clear. Like, I would have savings if I wasn't doing music. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything how, goes... What's the cost for you for doing the music, though? Is that, you know, the equipment <laughs> and the... <laughs> the... The thing is, that with music, it's so strange because it depends on who you know and who you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing... Say, for example, let's take the cost of a, a studio. Mm-hmm. A studio from one person is £150 for the day, £200. Mm-hmm. For another person, it's 5000 to £10,000. Oh, so music, okay. you, yeah, especially when you start getting into like, oh, everything has to be um, quote-unquote industry ready. Like, Then that's when you start to see prices kind of go mm-hmm. up into these really weird weird numbers. And And it's quite difficult for me and Don because like, obviously we are doing a nine to five job as well as doing music as well. Um, and it's kind of like somebody says to you like, Oh yeah, I can help you. You know, Mm -hmm. I know Sony or I know whoever, whoever a major label is. And they're like, I can do this for you for 10 grand. And you're like, Hey, yeah, that's that's cool. (laughs) I ain't got 10 grand to give you, you know? And so you have to kind of work your way up not compromising on your quality, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to find really talented people. Like we, um, we know this uh, studio engineer called John Robinson. And plug he's, in. I said he's plug in. Oh, uh, yep, yep. We'll get, we'll get a little promo code off of him at, at the end, okay? <laughs> um, you know, and the thing is, he's really been a godsend to us because he knows sound so intimately um, and he he's not trying to... Um, get us to sound like because there are some um, there's some engineers and there's some producers out there and they only want you to sound like what they imagine you to sound like in their head mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yep. oh, I totally as opposed to, yeah apart aside from what you actually are mm-hmm. um, and he's been real welcoming like yo I just want you to do your thing and my job is to make you guys sound as good as you can sound you know, and obviously he, he's given us a really good rate as well. And, and we just really have a really good time with him. He's a really cool guy. And that's kind of like what the family is about. Um, finding people who give you a really good time. 
I don't you even know, think I'm, we've said it yet. Is that's the name of your of your group, the family? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> that's All of a sudden, right? I'm like, that's you right. didn't say that. <laughs> um, I think it's so admirable, though, that you're holding true to who you are because that's how your music really is going to be the best. You know, that you are, it's about your soul coming through it, however it's supposed to be. And I get it. I mean, the, I get the, I mean, I, I should have known that up front of how it does cost a lot of money to do any of these hobbies. I sort of know that as I was showing you the equipment uh, laying around yeah. my office here. But, um, yeah. it, but it's so worth it because for me right now, I think I feel how you feel when you are performing a song. Like this is like, I'm just like lit right now, sure, yeah. you know, and everything that's going to come out of this. Like, I think part of this whole podcast experience too, I keep getting caught on my wire. This is, how <laughs> this. Um, is um, the connect, the connections, like who knows who's going to hear this and want to know more about you and say, hey, come to my mansion and sing, sing some songs for me. You never know, right? <laughs> oh, hey, man. <laughs> okay, so you were saying, so you're doing this, not, you're doing your nine-to-five thing, and then you're crushing it at night, writing songs. Like, what's the style of your music? I know it's rap, but is there a certain, like, essence of your music or your stories oh, that yeah. you're telling? <laughs> you kind of come up with this term, because the thing is, we've got two very distinct styles, but they kind of go together. So, okay. like, we come from a place where it's like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like the closest definition to it would be trap music, like songs that get you really excited. And like you can, you as an artist can jump about on stage mm. and really, really revel in the moment. But then we've got another style as well. And we've come up with, I don't know if it's thing already, so I don't want no copyright issues. I don't want nobody <laughs> messaging me like, oh, I actually came up with that song, you know, but it, we've kind of called it like 2 a.m. music, you know, where you're up and you, and you think actively about your life and, Maybe the history of it, um, where you've come from, where you're going, um, who your life has been affecting, who um, has affected your life, and those kind of things. Um, and so it kind of blends together. So we have that as well. So I think we we kind of merge the two because I've always been a, a really big advocate of balance. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like balance is, is so key in like whatever you do. Like you can't just have one one thing like it's it then it becomes saturating mm-hmm. um and then so for me it's kind of like oh yeah if we have this we you kind of have the soft style and the hard style mm-hmm. and they go together um really well and so i think that's kind of like our style a balanced soft style and hard style don is that would you agree yeah no yeah definitely <laughs> i mean um in regards to kind of our style it's it's so weird and i think it part of it is part of me and part of Sam. Um, I don't think I've said this yet, but me and Sam are, are so different, like really different. We was raised as brothers, but we're just, it's different. ridiculously different. So like, I'm Don't the, grow a beard. Don't get come out of here, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, even even visibly, you're, you're like, you're like so your energy and visibly watching you, it's so different. It's so, so different. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I'm a, I drink, I go out, I party. <laughs> I'm, sometimes I'm like sitting, like playing like an Xbox to like three o'clock in the morning with my friends, you know. And then someone goes, "Oh, I'm really hungry now. What are we gonna eat?" Like at three o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. we're like, oh, "Boy, it's closed. Oh, what are we gonna do?" You know. And Sam, while I'm doing that, Sam will be sitting indoors writing a new rap. I mean, I'm a bit of a busybody. I like to be out. I like to go to places. I like to meet new people. You know, I when I'm on the train, I write. That's when I tend to write normally while I'm traveling. Or if I'm not traveling and I'm just having a quiet day in, that's when I'll write. Whereas Sam writes all the time, every day. It's almost like if someone, if there was a drug addiction, Sam had it would be writing. Um, he <laughs> that's has a good to one write. to have. It's a good. I was going <laughs> to say, like, like that would almost be torture to be told you couldn't write. That would be like uh, yeah. not being able to breathe, right? Almost. Yeah, I mean, I think because... Um, I feel like like people always say to me, Sam, you, you generally don't get like worked up. You don't get like angry so much. You're a very laid back kind of guy. And I think a lot of that would disappear if you took away writing because mm-hmm. writing is my outlet um, mm-hmm. to say things. Like when I get mad about stuff, mm-hmm. like I just write, I just write stuff down. Um, it's it's a more useful energy to me because it's like, well, you can take this situation and make it a hundred times worse. 
or you can use it to your own benefit. Mm -hmm. And I think like that kind of alchemy is really important um, in terms of like progressing yourself and being able to take like a bad situation or whatever, mm -hmm. or even a good situation, you know, and capitalize on it. I think that's. Well, and I guess for you, Dan, it would be the opposite. Like if you couldn't have connection with people, that would be like the torture for you. If you couldn't be out yeah. and experiencing people and talking and sharing your life, that would be, you know, it's, it's like, it's cool when you see the things that you need the most are really funneling into what your passion is, you know, yeah. they're really very I mean, much in line. And it was, it's really weird for me because, um, I've always, like, even as we're talking, yeah, I probably shouldn't share this, but even as we're talking, <laughs> I'm using one of these because I have to fiddle. I have to do something. <laughs> what um, is that? What is that? All right. So this is, um, it's kind of like a new creation. It's really, well, it's not a new creation, but it's quite new. It's for, um, I think it's called like a finger fiddler. And this one's called a... Um, that sounds so bad. Yeah, I know. It sounds terrible. But this one's um, <laughs> this like, this one's like a, a, a spinner fiddle. And you get like a fiddle button where you can click. And what they found is, is actually the technology of it is amazing for children with ADHD. Um, but it's also good for people who are just... You know, people who click their pens all the time or right. tap on the table, people who have to be doing stuff, it actually kind of soothes them and gives them a, you know, a minute to kind of adjust. And that's how I am. I'm quite a creative. So I started off in, um, as well as doing music and dancing, I also started, um, I saw one of my friends graphic design mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my days, you created this like whole scene from nothing. And he was like, I'll teach you. And I was like, no way. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you sure? Like, isn't this going to be loads of your time? He was like, all right, listen, let me tell you the terms and conditions of me teaching. <laughs> so I said, Go. He goes, well, I don't just want to teach you. I want you to know that you have an interest in this. So I'm not going to tell you how to do things. I'm just going to show you my work. And if you, if you call me and say, what tool do you use to cut out, for example, I'll tell you this tool. If you say, what program do you use, I'll say this. You know, and you can watch a tutorial online and you know, show your interest for this. So this started about probably at the same age, about, well, it probably started about 15. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, well, let's see how this goes. And I learned how to use Photoshop. You know, he inspired me to use Photoshop and I, I learned how to graphic design. I'm not the best graphic designer in the world, but it works for my craft. Mm -hmm. And then what, um, I met an amazing guy who actually lives in the States. Um, does he live in, he lives in Mississippi, isn't it? No? Mm, no, Florida. Missouri? Florida. Okay. Straight so south. Him. Straight south of me. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, his name is uh, Bernard, and Bernard is an amazing, amazing photographer. And the way I met Bernard was really weird. I was, <laughs> I was a young cocky kid, and I Sam had um, basically just bought a camera. He said that he didn't want to pay for all these photo shoots as an artist, as a music artist. Mm -hmm. So he said, if I get a camera, will you learn how to use it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, why not? And I was already doing Photoshop, so I was already quite good on my editing side, but not very good on the technical side of photography. Mm -hmm. um, and I, we, he was, Sam was performing at an open mic event, and Bernard was there. And I thought, ha, so I rolled in, massive, uh, my camera was, was all right. The lens on my camera was absolutely huge, and I was like, <laughs> yep. I'm the best. I'm pro. I'm yeah. The this year. I'm a pro. Look at my camera. And he turns around and he goes, Oh, nice camera. And I go, Oh, thank you. Um, what I didn't know at the time, which I've learned over time, is that actually bigger lens don't mean anything. <laughs> uh, especially in the situation that I was in. So the, <laughs> the situation I was in is it was a lens, it was a starter lens, so one that comes with your, your camera kit. Right. And the problem with starter lenses is normally they try and cater to everything. So they're not very good in dark lighting situations. Mm -hmm. And we was in a club with actual dark lighting. <laughs> I hadn't had enough money to buy a flash gun yet, so I couldn't light the whole area. And this specific lens, um, we have this thing called aperture. And mm -hmm. basically, the easiest way of explaining it is the more the lens opens up, the more light comes in. The less the lens opens up, the less light comes in. Mm -hmm. This had a... This aperture was, was terrible, which means that it didn't let as much light. Right, okay. So all the pictures that I was getting were terrible anyway. <laughs> I didn't have a flash gun. But, you know, he was like, oh, you know, if you ever want to learn about photography, I'm happy to teach you. Or if you want to know anything, or you just, you know, want to hang out with another photographer, I'll teach you. And I was like, who is this guy? 
So anyway, me being me as a cocky kid kind of thing, I was just like, Psh, whatever. So um, I was intrigued that, you know, he took that moment to speak to me. But I also felt like my time was too precious. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was doing graphic design. I was meeting new people. I had school. I had work to do. I, you know, I didn't meet up with him. And he kept sending me messages. He was really quite persistent. Um, well, I don't want to say persistent because he wasn't bothering me. But every so often he'd be like, oh, hey, man, haven't heard from you in a while. You know, if you want to chill, I'm still available. And then he stopped. And then I was like, shit, this guy's actually really dope. Like, I looked at some of his photos. I was like, he's amazing. He knew people that I knew. Um, and I was like, Don, you're being an idiot. I was in college at about this time. I was like, you should really go and spend some time with this guy. And I did. One day I took the long trip because his studio was a mile away at that stage. I think it, yeah, it was it was a while. It was probably about an hour, forty five minutes mm-hmm. from where I live. Um, so anyway, I went, and it was just so great, like just sitting, talking to him, finding about, out about his passion, learning so much, and I did so much with him. Uh, I shot, um, I co-shot. A, I think it was an editorial for VC Jeans. I was like his um, technician. You know, he just brought me into so many things. He taught me so many things about photography. And also that's kind of bled into my my music career. You know, someone says, oh, you guys need a quick promo. I say, all right, let me get the camera out. I'll use my remote. I'll set up on the tripod <laughs> and, you know, wirelessly trigger it. And then me, you've got me and Sam standing together. Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? You know, if we just need a quick shot quite quickly. And so it's really weird. Like Sam's passion of writing and my passion of everything else. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> trying to be like jack of all trades and meeting people and all the rest of it is i don't know it was it was like somehow there was kind of this divine thing where a divine intervention where it was like actually everything you've learned over your life can be used for this one passion right it's it's amazing to me how many people show up for you guys right Mm. Right. that show up and have these like let me teach you that oh if you if you show you want to learn that i'll teach you that right yeah it's because you've I think as long as we keep that fire stoked of what we have inside of us that we want to do, people keep showing up. It just happens that way. Like, I, and I feel, I think a lot of it is for us being open as well. Mm-hmm. Like um, a few weeks ago, we got a call from um, an artist manager who was basically saying he's got this new artist um, who's looking to get some like studio time. You know, and just kind of like she wants her style to be a little more urban. And so she'd love to hang out with some guys who do predominantly urban music and stuff like that. Now, I've been on the, the the other side of that where you feel like, oh, you know, my writing's got to a really good stage and you approach an artist and they're like, yeah, you have 1,000 views um, and I have 10 million views, so I'd rather not work with you. Or, you know, um, maybe not speak to my manager um, and see what we'll we, if we can figure something out and you speak to the manager and you never, ever, ever hear anything back again. And so we've been really kind of open with it. And so we were like, yeah, calm down, like, you know, and, and see if, if we've got something that you can go on. We, we'd love to have you. And she came down and she wrote a killer verse, like killer, you know, um, at her, at her first attempt. And yeah, I put her on the spot, man. I gave her, (laughs) she came in, she came in with her mom and I was like, I was like, all right, then. Um, so she was like, I write really quickly. And she was like, oh, my days, this is exactly the kind of instrumental that I've been, you know, planning mm-hmm. to work on. And, you know, and so I was like, all right. I was like, well, what are you doing now? She was like, well, just here. I was like, all right, here's a laptop. Here's some headphones. Get to writing. She wrote this. Oh, my She gosh. wrote this verse in literally 15 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. She's wow. really talented. And she got in the, the booth and started recording straight away. And everyone was like, oh, she killed it, man. <laughs> like, she was so good, so good. But I feel like there's this, you know, obviously sometimes that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. you're not going to have the time to do that. But, you know, I feel like keeping your line open for people is really important. And, like, it, re- it really is. Like, how do you discover new stuff if you don't have a mind to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you keep your ideas fresh if you're not willing to do that either you know so um that's always been a big thing for me like being trying to be available and that's why we have like we're having some really cool moments right now where things just keep happening do you know what i mean like um people are like oh yeah sam i just put in an order for your your shirt like because mm-hmm. i want to represent i'm like 
what the hell, man? That's so that's so cool. That's so awesome, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's a really big deal because um, just because of my writing nature, I tend to overthink things a lot, and that's been my <laughs> downfall. Yeah, that's been my downfall beforehand because it'll be like, oh yeah, maybe we should do a music video. Okay, let's do a music video. Um, we need rain. Ah, uh, but what if there's no rain? Then we're going to be in trouble. Okay, let's not do the rain video. Let's do another video. <laughs> and then it kind of becomes like um, paralysis through analysis mm-hmm. and right. you don't ever get anything done. Um, so like for me, when somebody says, I've, you know, I bought a shirt, what, I, what it is in my mind is like, you have sacrificed money that you could have used for your family or your friends or even for yourself to say that, yes, I support you. Mm. And that resonates with me in, like, you could tell me, like, I support you, I support you, I support you. But that one act is is far more, um, there's, there's, a, there's a bigger impact for me. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. I totally yeah. think you guys are amazing, and I believe in you. And I love the fact that you're not doing it to get rich, and I'm doing air quotes here, um, rich so, like the money thing. But even if you did... Even even yeah. when you do, it will be to give back in ways that will have a ripple effect around the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my thing is, like, um, create experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, create, like, you know, imagine, like, for example, Don couldn't tell you all of those stories because, I don't for some reason, like, his, your life is somehow enriched by other people and mm-hmm. and, and the experiences that they bring. I write a lot. So I'm indoors a lot, but the times that I come out and I'm a social person, like the the things that I learn from people and the, and the, the connections that you're able to get from other people are really quite special. And sometimes you just got to think. You, sometimes you just um, have to deal with the fact that like not everybody comes into your life for eternity. That you know, mm-hmm. some people come in for just a little while, just to teach you something or mm-hmm. just to bestow some information on you and you take you take that and you and you think I feel like some people can read it the wrong way where you know somebody comes into their life and it doesn't really turn out how they want and so they get bitter at the person instead Mm -hmm. of seeing like this is what this person taught me Mm -hmm. um you know and I think as a writer you kind of realize it more almost like if you're a creative person who needs like so for example as an if if you were an artist and you were painting like your source of paintings come from your imagination and your and what you've seen as a human being Mm -hmm. and there's something about putting those two things together the more experiences you have the more you're going to be able to do um the the more ammunition you're going to have when you're creating you know like if me and don decide we want to do a sky jump we can talk about the experience of having a sky jump in a song we we could literally do that um is that on the plan <laughs> no 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 that's, <laughs> that's not on the plan um because i want to i want to see that gopro when you do that <laughs> you know it's like everything is like everything at this moment in time everything is kind of possible um mm-hmm. and me and don certainly don't believe in like limiting ourselves or what we could be capable of um you know, because I feel like there's something about being um, hungry for your craft and, mm-hmm. and wanting to do do better and allowing it to be your career as well. Like there's something really special about your career being what you love to do. And that's that's our thing. You know, it's getting um, to that getting to that point where there's not the nine to five and you can just that, can you imagine that like we're all day long, <laughs> you could do this thing like that's how I feel about doing this. Like if all day long I could, you know, troll Instagram and look for people to talk to. How fun <laughs> would that be? Yeah. yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. But, you know, I think the thing is, like, it's it's not that it's not an idea that's that far-fetched like oh, before yeah. If you said, yeah before if you said it it's kind of like oh i don't know like i remember my mom saying to me like ages and ages ago when i was like mom i want to rap mm-hmm. she was like excuse me <laughs> she was like what do you mean do you want to rephrase that and i was like no I, I really do like and she was like do you know how many people want to rap within our community like and we're not just talking about your country you're talking about another country and stuff like that and it took me ages to realize there's only one me and I almost want to say like as long as you are you and what you do is based on who you are 
you always resonate with people. So are you guys viewed as very like um, inspirational? Do you have a lot of people who like like to be around you because of the? I mean, I I can tell you're obviously very inspiring, but do you find that people gravitate to you for that reason? Without, I don't know, without like, sounding um, arrogant or anything. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like London is is a kind of cynical place. Mm. You know, it's a place <laughs> where you can't like you can't walk around and say hello to people because they think mm. you're weird. But what you find is artists don't. You know, when you get around people who are, and I think part of it is like what I was saying before, when you're happy and when you're doing something that you really actually want to do, you're in a, a space where you're more receptive mm-hmm. to good energy. And it doesn't sound corny. Like it doesn't sit, sound corny to say, oh, you know, um, if you put the work in, you will get the result, you know, and you have to believe in it and you have to be about the grind um, 24-7 in order to achieve your goal. Like that doesn't sound corny to somebody who's doing that, who's actively on the same frequency as you. But when you say it to somebody who is dedicated to a dedicated 10, 15 years to a job that they absolutely hate, you know, mm-hmm. they can't see it. They're on a totally different frequency to you. And unfortunately, a lot of London is kind of like that, where they kind of like they do jobs because that's their job. Mm-hmm. It's very drone. It's very like, it's very what? Dronish, if that's even the word. Like you almost are. You almost. I don't think it's a word. It's almost <laughs> like you're almost like a. You're almost like a drone. Like oh, droneish. I got it. I yeah, was. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's a word. That's Let's make good. that a word today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you do things because it's the it's the norm. It's what happens. Right. Like I was saying to Don, imagine we could have days where we don't write. Hard for me, I know. But <laughs> we don't write. We don't go to the studio. We just listen to music. Mm. 1940s, oh. 1950s. You yes. Know? Like, I want to do that with podcasts all day long. I just want to listen <laughs> to other people's shows and get ideas and get excited and get inspired about it. That's a great idea. 40s exactly. and 50s. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? So, could you get, like, you, you get ideas from everything. From absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Everything. And so, you know, because... Learning, learning what came before you um, is really important to learn what goes ahead of you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there might be a technique that somebody used to do that's not really in circulation anymore where you mm-hmm. can, like, make it your own kind of thing. And that's the thing about being a creative as well. Like, you are inspired by lots of things, but you're never a copy. Mm-hmm. Right. As you long know, as you say you. I just uh, read this quote by Einstein this morning that I'm not going to have in my top of my tongue here tip of my tongue but i'll put it in the show notes it's exactly what you just said about how really all this stuff we have to our job is to honor all that came before us and alchemize yeah. it and who we are and then give that as a as like a pay it forward to all of those coming after yeah, us it's yeah, a, exactly. it, he said it way better but i'll put it in the show notes <laughs> um, can you imagine like right well. can you imagine right now like not saying you're a rapper. Like if I said, if I would, if I decided that I could no longer say I was a podcaster, it would like hurt, like physically hurt yeah. my body. Yeah. You know, can you imagine? Yeah, it would be like a, yeah. a death of some sort. Yes. Well, you almost, you almost become a ghost because I mean, for example, part of the reason why you managed to find us is because we identified as rappers. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the reason why we agreed is because you, you presented or you know you told us this is what i am i'm a podcaster so i mean almost without it you are almost nothing right i mean you become a person but a person is just a general category for loads you know you go from a person to people right and that doesn't you don't identify with anything i mean we have all these categories which i find really interesting so you know like things like oh this is my friend these are my family members these are you know but they, everybody has friends, everybody has family, everybody can say this is my friend or this is my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you say, oh, actually, I'm this, I'm a podcaster, then people go, oh, you're a podcaster. Sorry, what's your name? What's your podcast called? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that starts to form an identity for you. So without it, it's kind of like, it's exactly what you were saying. It, it, it's not just hurting, it's almost death to, right. to a person. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when I meet someone, you go, oh, okay, you know, what do you like to do? Well, even as a social worker, when I go and assess people, you know, what do you like to do? Tell me about your family. Tell me about how you grew up. What did you used to work as? Or what did you not used to work? You know, tell me about, you know, 
who's closest to you because you have to get a feel of that person in order to be able to advocate for that person and it's exactly the same as a creative you know you meet people and you have to find something have you ever noticed that there's some people that you meet and you just almost instantly forget them there was nothing that you could remember about the person or there was nothing that they gave you as a person that made you recognize them as more more than a person Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of that, they almost just disappeared right into the distance. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, really right. it's like it's like they they did they let go of their identity of their soul, yeah. kind of like yeah, or just, like um conversely, like if I'm out and I meet someone and I like just want to like consume them because they're so interesting and creative, they're like mm. they're they're living in their authentic self. You know what I mean? It's like I want to yeah. know everything. I want to know how did you do that? Why did you create that? What are you doing next? Where do I yeah. find you? You know all these things, and then I'm like, okay, back off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like um, there's this um, I can't remember his name, but his thing is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, not like that, but like um, I can't remember his name, but um, his message was really, really, really cool. And basically, what he said was, every day I plan to live my truth, like a hundred percent of it. Oh, we'll have uh, to look that one up. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I he was, was just like, laughing because you said we just said people are not memorable, and then you said I can't remember his name. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know it's so bad. I'm so bad. But um, he basic he basically was saying like he's had moments with um, a girl where he's not been able to think of anything to say, and so what he says is like you know I'm really sorry, but um, I I can't really think of anything to say at the moment, and I. Actually, that comes across as really, really genuine mm-hmm. and, and sincere, in a really sincere way. Like, oh, like he hasn't. And they laugh, they do usually laugh about it and then they find another topic to talk about. You know, I think sometimes like you think, oh, if I actually say what um, I'm thinking, and obviously sometimes just. Yeah, exactly. No, but I know what wrong. I mean. Yeah, like I'm, uh, yeah. as you've noticed, probably, I have a really big habit of saying most of, I mean, I have tact. I do have tact. Sure, but, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I'm pretty much, you, I'm real. You know, I say what I think. Yeah. And I'm really, like, I'm really familiar with people really quickly. And for, oh. for some people, that's a little bit scary. But oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. does it made, does it make life better when I'm trying to pretend to be what people want? someone to want me to be in that moment and trying to like impress or trying to say the right thing. If I'm trying to like, what do they want me to say? And I just say, it's so different just saying what's real. It's people, the people that that work that way that you want to hang out with, get it. So I just looked at the recorder and we've been at like an hour and a half. And like I said, I could talk to you for (laughs) about seven hours and I could not get (laughs) enough of you. So, but I do want to be respectful of your time and get, get on with the day. But um, I'm hoping that I will have you back again in the future because this has been extraordinarily fun. So before I say goodbye though, we have to tell everybody where they can find you. So where can I find you? Go on, Don. Um, so you can find us at uh, www.thefamilyuk.com, which is our um, new website, basically. It's been up. How long has it been up now, Sam? Um, about a month. Cool. Yeah, it's coming up to a month. It's, you know, well, it's gorgeous, Sam, too. It's a gorgeous site. Oh, well oh done. Cheers, thank you. And, um, you know, Sam blogs weekly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so there should always be kind of on the front a little blog for you to read down at the bottom. Um, obviously we're, we're starting, we've got our merchandise on there, so I'd recommend buy a t-shirt. <laughs> I, I will be. Yeah. That's going to be good. Um, and we, yeah, I mean, any comments that there's loads of different places where you can comment, like, so underneath the music, I think underneath, um, there's some other place where you can basically just add a comment or two. So under, underneath the blogs. Okay. Uh, you can you can comment as well, or you can send us like a contact form um, yeah. if you you know if you want to get in touch with us about writing or like for example you want to I don't know like you know if you want to get in touch like even if you want to just send an email saying hey what's up that's it you know I like we'll reply to you like hell yeah, yeah man you know and then obviously I just want to mention the Instagram because this is that's what made this happen as well mm-hmm. you know yeah. um, I think it's such a co- cool space so. Our Instagram um, is the underscore family underscore official. 
Okay, so on your website, can people find out when your next shows are so they can come see you if they're in London? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We're kind of like in hibernation mode at the moment okay. um, just because we're looking at putting out some material. Um, but towards the end of the year, from about June, we will be starting to set up shows um, and then like doing that towards the end of the year and we want to try to be doing it regularly but the place to keep update with all of that would be the website okay awesome well this has been such a spectacular experience for me i hope it has been for you guys (laughs) oh yeah for real yeah it's so good to hear your story and um, like i said i'm working a plan it's out there that i'm going to put it out to the universe that i'm going to be in uh in europe this this year so one of my stops will be london so hopefully it'll be one where i come and see you guys play live which would be so cool yeah man (laughs) (laughs) okay well thank you again and i look forward to having you on the show again in the future man no problem thanks for having us i told you right i told you it was gonna be great i mean when i listened back to that show the recording to edit it Like every time we got to a a topic and we started laughing, I was laughing out loud, sometimes on the plane, but we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, the thing I took away from this conversation, I mean, there were so many inspiring moments, but the thing that stuck with me the most once I listened back was just that reminder that all these things that we're doing along the way in our life really add up to where we're going. I think it's so easy to think, oh my gosh, I'm not getting where I want to be, or I don't know my purpose, or I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And at that time, the thing is to remember that all of these pieces are adding up to who we are, and they're making us the best person we can be. So just keep doing those things, and you'll get there. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show and the other shows on Glistening Particles, I would love it if you could share the show with your friends so they can find it at glisteningparticles.com, on iTunes, on Google Play. I would love it if you would go out there and put a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. And just so you know what's coming up next, um, I have a couple other episodes that have two people on them, so it'll be more fun, more of that kind of fun. But also I'm working on a special episode for people who might be interested in starting their own podcast about how I started mine. So watch for that. And I'm still working on that best of of the first 25, but that was a lot harder task than I thought. So it's taken a little while, but it is coming. So again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.